0: And we're within shouting distance to the end of the book of Mark. Hi. And one has come forward already. I'm good. I really appreciate Lauren speaking up here and doing so well. And so we'll we'll plan our next time together. Almost started where we were last week. Hang on. Moving over. Chapter 15. We, we did start uh, hovering around this. So let's start here. Mark chapter 15. By the way, we love this church. There aren't, there aren't a lot of churches where you can speak bluntly about these things, but you can here. And everybody knows you love them. They're, we're not trying to beat up anybody. This is, thank God for 4th Avenue. Uh, I, I wish it wasn't in Middle Tennessee where the, weather, where the uh, plant life wants to kill me. Um, Bradford pears in the spring and ragweed in the fall. Anyway, Jesus before Pilate, um, Mark 15. Very early in the morning, the chief priests with the whole elders, the teachers of the law, and the whole Sanhedrin made their plans. So they bound Jesus, led him away, and handed him over to Pilate. Once again, the whole Sanhedrin, that means all of those who were present were in agreement. But the Sanhedrin had strict rules. You were not allowed to meet at night. Everything had to be done in the daylight. There were other rules about how many people had to attend. They were breaking all of their rules if you're willing to kill a man that you know is, is the Messiah, you're willing to break other rules too. And so again, Horatio Nelson holding up the spyglass to the wrong eye. By the way, after I said that and going back, I was thinking, was that the left or the right eye? So uh, don't hold me. It, one of the eyes was gone. Uh, not both of them, but one. Of them. Anyway, the chief priest, uh, they bound him, they handed him over to Pilate. Now, just as an aside... This was considered a mistake in Scripture for a long time. They said Pilate was not the governor during this time. Uh, He had 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 a different office at another time, and that was considered one of the, the mistakes in the Bible until I believe it was in the early 50s as they excavated a floor, a Roman floor, and they found his name with that title, and the floor had been laid in his honor or under his direction. Always be aware, people will come up and say, here's a mistake, maybe not. Let's give it some time. It is amazing how many quote-unquote mistakes turned out not to be. Are you the king of the Jews? asked Pilate. You have said so, Jesus replied. Now that's interesting. In other gospels, it is when Annas, uh, I'm, let's see, I'm sorry, Caiaphas says to him, are you the son of God? And he goes, you said so, that he gets struck. This one, if you remember, that was slightly different before. And on this one, it is Pilate that he says, you have said so. That's caused a lot of people, a lot of sleepless nights worrying, when, when would he have said that? The answer is we don't know What we do know is that Pilate's wife was very well aware of who Jesus was. And Pilate's wife considered Jesus to be somebody you didn't mess with and would try to tell her husband, don't hurt this man. So who knows what discussions had been held in their house. The chief priest accused him of many things. Didn't didn't we just see that They couldn't come up with anything. Again, what? Their their commandments. Not to bear false witness. Now, we usually expand it to say no lies. That's kind of, but it's it's different. It is false witness. Don't swear falsely against your brother. And they're doing it here. So again, Pilate asked him, aren't you going to answer See how many things they're accusing you of. I'm not sure. I would love to have been there and heard the inflection in his voice. I'm going to tell you what I assume, but you really need to throw red flags on the field here because I could be wrong. I think Pilate wasn't buying this at all. He's going, look at all these things you've accused him of. But could be wrong. Jesus made no reply. Why do you think Jesus made no reply? We mentioned it before. Well, that is absolutely one of the answers. To fulfill the uh, scriptures, he was led like a lamb before the slaughter, but he opened not his mouth. I think there's another reason. I think if Jesus had replied, the crucifixion wouldn't have happened. Because Jesus was smart, and he knew how to win a discussion. So, No, I'm not going to derail it. Just going to let it happen. Pilate was amazed. It was a custom at the festival to release a prisoner whom the people requested. A man called Barabbas was in prison with a resurrectionist who had committed murder in the uprising. Stop right there. Be aware when you are reading scripture, you're following around a little group of people in a large complex area. There were zealots that were part of Jesus's inner circle but this and this may have been zealots or it may not have been there were a lot of uprisings against the romans there were a lot of acts of what we would call terrorism you know stabbing in the back at night of a roman soldier that sort of thing but what happens if you have two or three of those that go off really well you get people to think it's our time and so there would be insurrections In Matthew, he will actually talk about some of these, saying, do you remember when this happened? Do you remember when that happened? Don't fall for this again. Mark does not record this. Peter did not have him record it. So, who is Barabbas? Well, he was in prison with the insurrectionists. The scripture never actually says he was guilty, but he was there. I will, um, I'll see Jesus ahead of you, I'm sure. By the way, yes, I do get that overdramatic when I get allergies. I'm dying. I see the long black train. Anyway, um, <clears throat> the crowd came up and asked Pilate to do for them what he usually did. Can we stop again? I know I'm stopping too often. What is Pilate's job? If you're thinking it is to find out the truth, No. What is Pilate's job? Pilate's job is to make sure everything goes smoothly. That Rome never questions Pilate and his ability to rule this province. He has has no interest in truth. He has no interest in it. He just, how can I make this go smoothly? So, one of the things he did was give him back one of their guys every so often. The guy is a prisoner. Uh, He rebelled against Rome, but to show you, I'm on your side, I like you guys, you can have him. So they came and they said, we want our guy. Do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? Asked Pilate, knowing it was out of self-interest that the chief priest had handed Jesus over to him. Aha. But the chief priest stirred up the crowd to have Pilate release Barabbas indeed, instead. The amount amount of um, underhanded sleaze here is shocking. But you can also see it in the phrase, the chief priests. How many chief priests were there at any given time? One. But Annas and Caiaphas were related. And when one, by law, tradition, had to step down, his son-in-law pops up. And lets his father in law still really be the high priest. So now it's a plural. Anybody in the first century reading this would have gotten that. We tend not to, so I'll let you know. Um, And he goes, "Um, What shall I do then with the one you call the king of the Jews? Pilate asked them. Crucify him, they shouted. Now that's awful. That's the worst thing you can do to a human being. So he says, why? What crime has he committed? Did you do, do you see what he just did? He dismissed entirely all of the accusations. Saying, no, he didn't do anything. Why? Wanting to satisfy the crowd, Pilate released Barabbas to them. He had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified. The other uh, gospels you're going to get some more information but let's talk about this for a minute um, I am not one of those that likes to go through all the details of the crucifixion to make everybody feel awful because you've you've had that happen you've you've read it was awful and one of the things um, that <coughs> excuse me one of the things that he pushed here uh, in the other gospels was to flog him and put him out there and Thinking they're going to look at this poor beaten up man and say we were wrong, but Mark doesn't tell any of that. Uh, it just it compresses the narrative because the narrative was assumed to be known by the readers, so he didn't have to do that. Um, that can get you in trouble when somebody two thousand years later, reading a different language, reads it. Think of it as this way: If you ever been to a church that when the Lord's Supper time comes? Uh, solemn individuals, and by the way, I'm not making fun of this. I'm just, I'm describing. Description is not uh, an, an insult. They will stand behind a table, and they will um, do, it's, it's a procedure. The lids come off, things are handed, everybody's real quiet, and the person will say, let's pray. What if your visitor there that has no idea what the context of this is? you're lost. You better not sit on the front rows. You need to be able to see what other people are doing. That's one of the reasons why here I I stress to people, assume somebody's never seen this before. Always explain it. Because Mark doesn't. He doesn't explain this. When somebody was flogged, the Romans knew how to do it very well. Uh, They had a special scourge that would rip the skin if it didn't leave i'm I'm told this by the way i've only found this in one source so take it as that that if it didn't leave a mark it wasn't counted in the number of blows history tells us that many men had not one bit of skin left on their back when they were flogged so how pitiful is this covered with blood Bloods all over the walls, bloods all over their face, you know, shoving a crown of thorns on his head. This is again other passages, and shoving him out there. Pilate was trying to get the people to say, uh, "He suffered enough. Stop it." Why was Pilate interested in Jesus, his life, and doing the right thing? No, or he wouldn't have him flogged. He was interested in still having a wife because he knew he had to answer. To her as well as Rome. He's trying to walk a middle path here. I don't, I don't see anything in Pilate to be admired, frankly. He just did what he needed to do to keep his job. Um, we know in history he was actually recalled a couple times, so he may have felt he was already on thin ice. The soldiers led Jesus away into the palace, that is the praetorium, and called together the whole company of soldiers. They put a purple robe on him, then twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on him. They began to call out to him, Hail, King of the Jews. Again and again, they struck him on the head with a staff and spit on him. Falling on their knees, they paid homage to him. You can, you can look at this and say, How can people be this cruel? You know the shocking thing about human history is, if you need somebody to be cruel you will always find people volunteering. Hitler and Go- Goebbels and the like didn't have any problem finding staff for the concentration camps. You will always find people, they're willing to hurt somebody, and do it government sanction. These cruel people did. When they'd mocked him, they took off the purple road and put his own clothes on him. They let him out to crucify him. I want you now to stop for a minute, because I know we keep stopping, and think of this. Jesus knew all of this was going to happen. He'd read the Psalms, the scriptures. He knew. He knew what the plan was. He knew what Romans did. He'd seen crucifixions. Please remember this. Being, he might have not watched it happen, but he would have had to walk by the men hanging on the crosses. He was very well familiar with what was going on. And yet, he did it anyway. Brothers and sisters, how certain are you of the love of God? How certain are you of your salvation? I don't know who said it first. Um, Somebody said, what would you do if you knew there was zero chance that you would fail. What would you decide to do? That's a good question, isn't it? I think that sometimes, and I come up with different answers because there are a lot of things I'd like to try, but I thought, eh, I'm not really sure I could do that. How would you live your life if you knew you were saved? Years and years and years ago, back when dinosaurs ruled the earth, I went to school at a little place south of here called the University of Alabama in Birmingham, and go to Tuscaloosa, went to Birmingham, because they had a program I wanted to do. Anyway, um, one of those days, I went off to a mall. They had malls back then. Malls were enclosed shopping areas, but they had, a, uh, and they weren't online. You actually had to go. Anyway, I went, and a bus pulled up, and a bunch of young people got off, Happy, smiling, shiny, happy people, and they ran into the into the mall, and they were um, they were recruiting for a church, is what they were doing, local church. I don't, I forget which which brand. A lot of these young people were young, pretty girls, so I was interested, and I so I I kind of let them catch me, and they I I noticed before that they had a phrase to start the conversations. Everybody does that does this, and their phrase was. Are you sure that if you died tonight you would go to heaven? Well, that's a brilliant. Come on, because even if you are, you're going to feel it's not humble to say so. So you're going to go, ah, well, you know, kind of hope so, but, and that'll get them. And so they had a little track, a little brochure to to work you through. So they came to me. They said, "Do you know if you were to die tonight you would go to heaven?" I said, "Absolutely." What about you? And they froze. I wasn't trying to be mean. Um, You might wonder why I felt I was absolutely going. Back then, it was because I had obeyed the law. There wasn't grace in my system, but I knew I had obeyed the law. I have since then, I quit doing this years ago. I would speak at churches and say, how many of you are absolutely certain right now, 100% you are saved? And it's shocking how few hands go up. So go back and look at this. Flogging, spitting, beating, crucifixion. All of this mistreatment, he knew it was coming, and he did it anyway. How much does God love you? Now, I'm not asking, this is not a challenge. Can you imagine any way that you could out-sin the love of God that's really poorly phrased. I just don't have another way to do it. I've had people come to me and say, well, I know he forget. I just don't know that he can forgive me. And my response is, who do you think you are? What, what kind of super sin do you think you have that God had never thought about by this time? He's up in heaven going, Whoa, we didn't cover that one. Didn't see that one coming. George goddess, You know, that's, that's... I don't see that. I... I look at all of this, and that answers a question that people have. Why the cross? Wasn't there another way? The answer to that is absolutely. Thousands of other ways. But then why the cross? Because you can never, ever top that. You can never look at that and say, yeah, I think he loves me, but he held a bet back. He's in. And the old joke about the pig and the the chicken talking about how well the farmer cares for them and it's fine for us to to help him out in, in return. And the pig goes, well, for you, contributing to his breakfast is a gift. For me, it's total dedication. And that's correct. How far did he go? How far did Jesus go? And then on the cross, one of the things that Jesus said was forgive them. Now, he didn't say forgive them if they get better. Forgive them if they feel sorry one day. Exactly as he did to the woman caught in adultery, he forgave before he called for any change of behavior. You ever notice that? Now, if that makes you uneasy, good. Good because I want you to be so amazed at the love of God, that it's the love of God that moves you forward, not the fear of God that moves you forward. I think it was Esau, in fact, I'm pretty sure, that said the sun and the wind had uh, an argument about who was the stronger. And here they see a man coming, wearing his coat, and the wind goes, here it is, whoever can make him take off that coat. And the wind blows and blows and blows. The harder it blows, the tighter the man cinches the coat. Then it's the sun's turn. He just gets warmer. The guy takes off. Is it better to respond in love or force? I'm, I'm kind of doing a monologue here. I'm, I'm assuming you guys are a painting. Uh, you may have some input that you would like to make at this point. I just don't know if you've ever noticed this before. He was going to the cross for the express purpose of forgiving the guy that just hit him and spat on him. How's that? Any insights or anything you want to say or we move on? Hmm? Ooh, that's a brilliant question. If you didn't hear that. He said, what's the devil thinking right now? Is he trying to stop this so he can't do it, or is he pushing it forward? You know, I know the answer to that, but just to allow the man a chance to speak. Albert, (laughs) I don't know. Um, (laughs) I actually don't know. Uh, Do you have a take on that at all? I'd never thought of that question, frankly. Ah. Ah. Uh, Albert Lemons, for you that are listening online, refers to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, uh, saying that if the devil had known what Jesus was going to do on the cross, he would have tried to keep him from the cross. Thank you. Because like I said, I'd never thought of the question, so I certainly didn't have an answer. Down here, then back up. Yes, J.C. He's referring to a movie which I didn't see in the 70s. I wasn't seeing movies because we weren't allowed to in my church, especially not The Last Temptation of Christ because we were told that that was a sign of the end of the world. The world just can't get any worse. By the way, if you think the world can't get any worse, wait. That's the way that works. Um, I may have to go at least look at a synopsis. I don't know where I could find a copy. Uh, Back here. No, he said, uh, what was the devil thinking during this process? Was he trying to egg it on, or was he thinking, I better stop this because of what it's going to accomplish? Yes. When you said, what was the original question? That was far easier. Has the Lord allowed you to eat of any fruit in the garden? But now I know what you mean. It's uh, the original from... I, I I don't listen to me. Um, no, I was I was asking for questions, and and, and he, he gave me a doozy. Yes. Um. Well, is, is it uh, check with Albert if he clears it? Albert's my guy. Let me uh, let me get this. Uh, yes. Um, love, love gives us a, a, we're able to do stuff through love, you can't do through force of will. Um, I think of my mom, Uh, my mom is who I want to be when I grow up. Uh, She cares for my father, who is, has always been difficult, and now he is more so. Some people mellow with age, some people hone their skills. Uh, and, he, and yet, she plainly loves that man and cannot abide the thought. He needs to be in a nursing home at this stage. He's even brought that up himself a couple times. He will not abide that possibility because she wants, she can't lift him. She can't, but no, I'm, I'm, because you know, I, he always took care of me. And I'm thinking back in our history and going, Mom? But I don't tell her. Watching her love is amazing. Her love has covered a multitude of sins. You know, that's in the Bible. Let's let's look. A certain man from Cyrene, Simon, the father of Alexander and Rufus, was passing by on his way in from the country, and they forced him to carry the cross. You know I gotta stop again. Couple things. One from Cyrene, would have, if he was a native, would make him uh, a black man, an African. Uh, now, there are lighter-skinned Africans, you know, around Morocco and Libya and the like, but Cyrene, and so I've heard sermons even about this, there is no room in God's teaching for racism. We, we, I hope you, everybody understands that. If you don't, let us talk later. There's no room for that but it's not necessarily so that this man was black. There were black people in Scripture that were very prominent, uh, including one of the wives of Moses, but there were huge Roman and Jewish settlements in North Africa. Mark came from North Africa. Uh, The the Orthodox Church of, um, uh, of that day, well, they still say Mark, was our founder. That he went, and, and with good historic reason, he went back. They were wealthy. They owned homes there and in Jerusalem. And they were you know, a people of some substance. So that said, what really gets me, father of Alexander and Rufus, in case you were wondering, which Simon of Cyrene? Why do we need to know this? I would submit to you, we don't. But the early Christians knew these people. And so it's like, you know who this guy was. And they knew all of this. This is what really moved the needle for the greatest atheist of the last 50 years, Anthony Flew, um, doctor, professor, Oxford University. When he was in his late 70s, perhaps, maybe early 80s, He wrote a little book. It's a little book and and it's accessible. You can read it and get it. Uh, You can understand it. called There Is a God. On the cover it says there is no God and no is X'd out. All those years he'd been an atheist but one of them was as he started reading these gospels all the things which the readers would know which we aren't told and yet there exists in early literature (coughs) not one single document saying this didn't happen. Now later, later, do not resuscitate, so if I fall down, just leave me there. I always kid people, Said I have a do not resuscitate, and so I got a cold, wanted to take a Sudafed, and my wife goes, no, let nature take its course. She's not like that, anyway. um, Think about the road to Emmaus. Jesus told them everything that the Old Testament said about him and not a bit of it's mentioned. And Dr. Flew says, the only reason you would not mention it is if that was already known to the readers. Now, in a few hundred years, there would be some literature popping up attacking Jesus, his parentage, saying it was a Roman soldier that fathered him and and the like. But while the witnesses were alive, nobody contradicted it. That's pretty huge. Um, and here, this is somebody they knew. Either he was a believer then, or that family became believers after what he experienced carrying the cross. We don't know. They did. They brought Jesus to the place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. Uh, If you go to the Holy Lands today, you can see both of them. Actually, there's even a third contender. We don't know the exact area. In Scripture, um, Dr. Lemons, I'm going to try to phrase this correctly. Places aren't holy except if God is present in that place. It's people that are holy. And so it, God will not hear your prayer any better if you're in Jerusalem. Or at the right Golgotha because it's you that is holy before him. So I really want to go. I've never gone, and I'd like to look around, and um, I'll take pictures, and I'll be all excited, but it's the people that are holy, not the place. So don't get excited about that. They offered him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it. Um, isn't that interesting? That was... Myrrh was one of the first gifts he got, and one of the last he was offered. Don't know if you ever noticed that before. People have asked why. Um, I am told by quite a few sources that wine mixed with myrrh was a way to dull the pain enough to keep you controlled through it. They didn't mind you screaming in pain. They minded you fighting them off, because adrenaline can do interesting things. So they wanted to sedate you. He wouldn't take it. So once again, he could have dodged a bit of the pain, and he didn't. So let me ask you a question. Do you think he wanted to dodge the pain? Yeah, I'm so glad you said yes. Because you'll get some people go, no, 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 seriously. I'm sure he would have loved this to be a pain-free thing. But if he'd taken pain-free path, we could have said he didn't do everything he could have done. You would find people that he held back just a bit. God's all in. They crucified him. Wow. I want you to contrast this with the passion of the Christ. I may get in trouble here. I saw the movie once. I know people that bought the DVD and watched it many times. I have nothing against these people. I kept thinking, where is the redemption? Where's the redemption? At the very end, spoiler alert, Jesus rises from the dead. But in the Passion of the Christ, that gets, what is it, 10 seconds? And you only see a, a bit of a leg, I think. Or do you see a face smiling? You know I only saw it once. The point being, I appreciate that the movie was made. But sometimes, you can have violence porn, and it skated right on that edge to me. I saw people walking into the theater with big buckets of popcorn and drinks. I'm going, "You're, you're preparing to be entertained?" I think I even looked over at my wife and said, "Who wants to eat at this?" Now, it profoundly affected me. All right. All right. It took me a while to get to leave the theater, and my worship minister at that time, I actually had to go back in to get him. He, he just couldn't even stand. And yet, Mark says, and they crucified him. Stop. Because the pain is not the point. It's a reality. We've mentioned it what we need to remember is what happened next and somebody told me once that mel gibson was planning to do the the sequel and never happened he went off the rails pretty hard and so that could have done it yes albert <clears throat> i i I, I would not argue with that. He says, the dust of 2,000 years has so obscured what crucifixion was that the movie was, was what you, you didn't say important, I think, or valuable, maybe. Valuable to you. Would not argue with that a bit. Let me try this again. When I was a boy, you had people at the Lord's table trying to make you cringe in horror every Sunday. I would like to have the other part of that story in there about the love, the resurrection, the salvation. I feel there needs to be a balance, perhaps, I should say. I think if, if Gibson had, had gone on for another 15 or 20 minutes, it would have changed my view. But I can't, And, and, and again, also, because I'd heard it all my life, I'm thinking, I know, I know. Why do I have to see this? I know. Um, and it could be just me and being a pain avoidance. I'm sorry, I have doctor, let me see. Is that the one that came out about a year ago? I actually enjoyed that. Uh, what was the name of that? What was the name of that movie? It came out like a year ago, Easter. All the, It's the one where all the apostles are British. Oh, I'm sorry, that, they always are. <laughs> and the really bad guys are English, you know, stereotypical. Um, but, yeah, you know, Cammy and I went to see that one and we thought, you know, they actually did a pretty good job. That was a, it was, it, it didn't do crucifixion, really. It was all about the resurrection. And a Roman officer, yes, sir. I, oh, I agree that, I, I think, I would agree with John Marquex that we have really messed up the Lord's Supper so big. I often ask people, now, if, if you take the baptistry and you reduce it to a few drops, we say that's a sin. But if you take a celebration meal and turn it into a tiny bit of horribly stale cracker, uh, ours are gluten-free horribly stale crackers, and a little bit of non-alcoholic grape juice, that that's okay i have a hard time with that um john mark hicks if you don't know is one of the great scholars in our church he and bobby valentine have written a few uh, greg taylor's written with him i think there's somebody else johnny, melton. johnny, johnny melton. melton i don't know them okay um but he wrote come to the table but then if you're reading come with the, to the table and you're thinking this is too hard for me get the last book, not the last book, next to last book they wrote, which was um, Enter the Water, Come to the Table, or Come to the Table, Enter the Water, one of the two, where they, it's, it's kind of like Come to the Table for Dummies. I loved it. The Christian Chronicle even had me review it. for their pay- It's kind of like, who would appreciate a book for dummies? Oh, that would be Patrick. So I am, <clears throat> but he actually lays out, if you want to do this, here's how you set it up. Here's the readings. And it's a big deal. Um, I would just recommend that.